0: Welcome to Herschel, a gaming podcast. My name is Alex.
1: And I'm SJ. We share the last name Herschel and we are close friends and cousins that like discussing games.
0: Today is the first annual Herschel Game of the Year awards.
1: We are so excited to bring you our list of this year's best games.
0: Go grab a snack and strap in tight.
1: Let's get right into it. Herschel. Herschel.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you are doing well. SJ, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Um, gotta be honest. Yesterday was a heavy day. (laughs) Um, not very easy. But, I'm feeling really good this morning. Yesterday ended on a, a positive note. Good. And I have been excited to record this episode for quite a long time.
0: Oh, I know. Ever since um the idea was introduced and brought up, I've been preparing myself physically, you know, strengthening up emotionally.
1: You know, you've been working out for oh, this yeah, episode? For
0: for this episode. Oh, My wow. body had to be ready. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Like I this episode has it's been a long time coming and it needed hit the mark so i needed to prepare in every way for it yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i appreciate that should i explain to the audience go for it okay well ladies and gentlemen we're going to be talking about game of the year for us personally that doesn't mean necessarily games that came out this year It is whatever games we played during the year that we believe are worthy of these nominations and awards.
0: Exactly. Um, to, to explain this a little bit, um, this started mainly, honestly, for, for me, right? I've only played two games that came out in 2022. Um, and in an effort to still make this an exciting episode, um, you know, I was looking for a way to incorporate it. And after seeing on youtube um you know he follows a similar he he set you know this does this he, idea does he
1: pay you to talk about him on the podcast oh he doesn't need on? my
0: money he's one of the most successful YouTubers <laughs> ever he's
1: no i mean, i mean it's almost like he pays you to oh you're right to promote his podcast
0: Dude, i wish i wish Donkey, but he reach yeah out. <laughs> He's he's awesome, um, and I really liked the way that he does his videos and his lists. And I said, you know what? That would really work for us because we need that. Like, I don't know how else we're gonna create a game of the year episode because if you only have two two choices on what you can pick between, it's, it's
1: yeah. Not very I've only played one game that released this year. Dang! <laughs> All the other games have been older games. So there you go. Thank you for the inspiration.
0: Yeah, but we're really excited to bring this to you. We have 10 different categories today. Um, And we'll give a little bit of an explanation on each category, why they're there. um, And we'll give out our our list of nominees. Um, Me and SJ both have different list of games. um, And so we'll both kind of go over the list of games that we've played super, super quick um, and explain how this works um, for each category. Um, There is no limit to the number of nominees we decided we could have as many or as few as we wanted. Because some categories, you know, there's only a couple games that fit into it. Or there's only a couple games that are even worthy of a nomination in that category. Whereas in others, you know, there is an argument that could be made for a lot of different games winning the award. Um, And so when you're listening to me, um, the list of eligible games for awards for me this year are... Pokemon Legends Arceus, Eastward, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Ori and the Blind Forest.
1: And my list is a bit longer. We have Smash Brothers, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Fire Emblem Three Hopes, Fire Emblem Awakening, (laughs) (laughs) Elite (sighs) Dangerous, Genshin Impact, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Halo Infinite, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, Skyrim VR, Star Wars Squadrons, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, Pokemon Sun, and Pokemon White. Some of those uh, may not end up on the the finals list, just because I had so many and I wasn't going to throw them all on, on there. But
0: yeah, so yeah. if you're if you're waiting to hear about Elden Ring or God of War or any of the many other fantastic games that came out in 2022. Haven't uh, played it. <laughs> yep, we haven't played them and we can't give judgment on them. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think in an email or by reaching out to us on our socials. But let's go ahead and get into our first award.
2: The first category is... Best action game. Games excelling and focused in combat.
1: Should I start us off? Yes, you should. Here are my nominees. Fire Emblem Three Hopes, Mm. Halo Infinite, Mm. and Skyrim VR. Oh, that's very interesting. Now... This was very difficult, one of the most difficult uh, categories for me to decide on, on like a top three. Let me start with Fire Emblem Three Hopes. I think I've talked about this game a lot on the podcast, so I'm not going to drill down too hard. But um, it's just really, really fun, good, no stress action. Um, There's a little bit of strategy that you have to worry about as well. Upgrades and all of that. But we're talking about best action games. And Three Hopes. It's got really good action. Um, Halo Infinite. Uh, I don't know that I've talked about... I've talked about this one a little bit, but... um, I've always enjoyed Halo shooter action. It's so fun, so satisfying, and... You know, Fire Emblem 3 Hopes and Halo Infinite, they're kind of like comparing apples and oranges, but it is action nonetheless. Nonetheless, um, Skyrim VR is. That's also like another whole category of action, but um, it's just really, really engaging. That's the thing. I mean, obviously, right? Because it's VR, it's immersive. It's so immersive that I may have said this before, but I had to mod out the freaking massive spiders so that it wouldn't freak me out. <laughs> I replaced all of the spiders with bears so that it'd be easier for me to fight them. <laughs> um, so.
0: Wow. So what is your action game of the year? Ladies and gentlemen...
1: It's going to have to be Skyrim VR. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. So, here's the thing. I got Skyrim VR, I think, last year, actually. Um, It was around November. Uh, My wife got it for me. It was like an early Christmas present. And... I have played Skyrim so much on like every console imaginable that I wouldn't think that this game would get on here again. But it does. Um It's just that there's so many different things you can do in there. For action, you know, I can do magic, I can do bow and arrow, which is like everyone's favorite, you know, I can do one-handed, two-handed, whatever. And the VR aspect of it makes it so darn immersive that, like, as much as I love Fire Emblem Three Hopes and Halo Infinite, like, their action, it just can't quite be Skyrim VR. And I haven't played Skyrim VR in a few months now, you know, because I played the crap out of it for, like, several months when I first got it. But in terms of like games that I played this year that has like the best action for me personally, totally subjective, it's Skyrim VR. Wow.
0: Congrats to Skyrim VR.
1: Congratulations, Bethesda.
0: Imagine an 11-year-old game still being winning awards at the end of the year. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Wow. How about wow. yours, Alex? What's your lineup?
0: So my two nominees for best action game is Eastward and Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now Eastward is a um, top-down 2D, uh, very similar to the 2D Legend of Zelda type games, um, where you actually have quite a few Um, different options when it comes to combat you have two different characters that you control Um, you have your two protagonists john and sam Um, now the thing is is that sam can't kill enemies on her own Um, she has what they call energy bubbles that stun enemies and kind of freeze them in place for a couple seconds and john is the only one that can kill them and john is very similar to link from the legend of zelda um, he has a frying pan that he bashes people's heads in with <laughs> he has a shotgun he has just bombs. like link of course just like him just like link him.
1: Has shotguns. Um,
0: he has a flamethrower and there is one more weapon however I haven't gone far enough in the game to unlock it yet um, and so you have a couple different options for how you want to tackle enemies um, it's nothing new but it is well done um, and the the enemies in that game are fun to fight. Um, it does provide a decent challenge. I've died quite a few times throughout my playthrough. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and my other nominee is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, which is going to come probably as a surprise to some people. Because Pokemon is, you know, a turn-based game. How is it an action game? Well, Pokemon Legends Arceus being possibly the best pokemon game ever made not my favorite but possibly the best um does have quite a few action gameplay loops within Mm -hmm. it right because you can go through a region and not have to pull out a pokemon to fight you can just throw pokeballs you can be running around and the boss fights in that game are very heavy on the action gameplay
1: don't you take on the bosses like yourself so yeah
0: what you do is you'll you'll throw um different things at them to kind of stun them uh, and get them to calm down because they're just sending out random attacks at you Mm -hmm. and once you get them calmed down you do throw out a pokemon and they you know you have the traditional turn-based fight for a portion you knock down a bit of the health bar and then the pokemon goes back into its frenzy and starts attacking you again you kind of repeat the loop that way Mm -hmm. um and so yeah and so my winner for best action game is Pokemon Legends Arceus.
1: Oh, what? Yeah. Dang.
0: I had to give it to him because they, the, the task that Pokemon Legends had um, was way different, right? Eastward is very, very clear that it's taking inspiration from the Legend of Zelda series. And while it offers something new... Um, it is still very similar to that feeling, right? When you're using the shotgun, it's very similar to using a bow. When you're Uh using flamethrower, it's similar to using, you know, magic rods in those games.
1: Nothing new, I guess.
0: It's nothing brand new. It's a different perspective on it. Whereas Arceus took a franchise that I love and I adore and made it the most fun Pokemon game to play Like that, the idea of them doing that and succeeding is incredible. And as an action game, I would say that it has the best action combat. Like running around wild Pokemon, kind Mm -hmm. of scared that you're gonna get hurt, is a super super cool feeling and something that I recommend to any Pokemon fan and most gaming fans in general. So I I had to go to Pla.
1: I still need to try that game. It's so good, man. It's so good.
2: And next. Best strategy game. Games focused on real-time or turn-based strategy.
1: Um, Alex, do you want to start us off this time then? Yeah, I can go first on this one. Okay.
0: Um, so best strategy game. I don't play a lot of strategy games, so I had to stretch this category a little bit. Um, (laughs) And so my first nominee is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. My second nominee is Ori and the Blind Forest. Um... And here's why, you know, you heard, you heard Erica say that this is a category based on games that focus on real time or turn-based strategy. And so I'm going to take that real time and stretch it a little bit for Ori Um, Ori in the blind forest is a game that I find very, very difficult. Um, The platforming is incredibly tight and it moves so well, but it does require a lot of planning and thinking for certain sections of the game. And so, as I was thinking about this game, I, out of the games that I've played this year, I've probably spent the most time thinking out routes, thinking out how am I going to do this when it comes to Ori in the Blind Forest. And so, I think it earned the nomination just through how well the game is designed to provide a challenge on a platforming level. um, That that it deserved the nomination. Um, And Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I think is definitely the more traditional look on strategy games. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've put more time into it after speaking with Jordan on the podcast, um, the strategy aspects are starting to come through more and more. Um, where I went into a boss fight and died because I only had one healer in my party at the time. I went in with three attackers, three defenders, and one healer. Am I right one that that healer. was your
1: first death?
0: First death. Wow. First death in the game. Um, Almost 20 hours in, first time I died. Mm. Um, but because I didn't strategize that very well, I thought, well, I've been blowing these guys over. I'm still two levels above this boss. I'll be fine going in with the party the way that I have it set up. And I wasn't. Mm. Um, you know, this this boss took me out. And so I saw that. And as I started to look more into, you know, these accessories and the different items and changing up, you know the skills that these characters use. Um, I think the complexity of a strategy in the game is something that's pretty impressive to see. Um, and as it's continually expanded, and I've been able to see it more and more, um, there are aspects of that strategy that I think are are pretty incredible. Um, and so,
1: who's the winner? My winner.
0: Are you ready? Yeah. Are
1: you sure you're ready? Oh yeah.
0: Okay it goes to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It has to go to Xenoblade. Yeah, that makes Um, sense. On this one, I I really did give it because of the complexity that the strategy goes into. Um, I haven't had to strategize very much in the game so far, but just all the different systems at play and how you have to utilize them um, in different ways to get different results. I mean, it's definitely the more standard strategy game out of my nominees but you know that's not to knock just how intense and how well crafted those systems are because it can change like i I went from dying against this boss to tinkering around with the systems a little bit and you know being able to breeze through them pretty fast i don't think that's a knock on the strategy aspects i think that shows that just by adjusting a couple things this many different ways, it provides such a different outcome that that provides a lot of intrigue. You have
1: that flexibility in your strategizing. Mm -hmm. And so
0: you you, you didn't have to tackle it the way that I did, uh, but you could and it would work. And there's probably thousands of different ways to set up your party and your attacks and your Mm -hmm. accessories and still come up with it. And I think that's a sign of a great strategy game.
1: Very nice. I like it.
0: What about you? Fire Emblem, and
1: Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. And Fire Emblem. All right. <laughs> My nominees are Fire Emblem Awakening, mm. Fire Emblem Three Houses, mm. and Pokemon White. Oh, White. Interesting choice
0: on the Pokemon.
1: Yeah. Um, let me go backwards a little bit. So, Pokemon White made it on here above the other two that I played this year, which are Sun and Alpha Sapphire, primarily because the difficulty, for me, it's right at its sweet spot. Mm. Pokemon Sun was an absolute breeze. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of my Pokemon fainted even once throughout my entire playthrough. Every gym was a joke. I felt over-leveled the entire time. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I did, especially the story. But... um, I didn't have to strategize very much to win. Hmm. Never did I use a single item in a battle. And it was kind of a similar situation for Alpha Sapphire. It was pretty easy. The EXP share really makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it wasn't as easy as Pokemon Sun, but it wasn't as difficult As Pokemon White. And Pokemon White, you know, I'm probably a little over halfway through right now. But there have been several gym battles where I kind of barely managed to scrape by. By using a couple potions or like swapping Pokemon in and out and really strategizing. Okay, what do I need to do to actually win? Because otherwise I'm going to have to restart from the last save.
0: How far are you?
1: I think I have... Five gym battles. Gym okay. okay. Maybe six.
0: Yeah, that's a decent chunk into the game. Nice.
1: But yeah, um, and Fire Emblem Three Houses. I have played this game so many times, and I was doing my third playthrough this year, playing through the Golden Deer Den- Golden Deer House. And um, Fire Emblem Awakening, I had never played before. I was playing that for the very first time, and it's interesting to see the different mechanics that are in For Emblem Awakening. Um, for Emblem Awakening was probably, like, beginning of the game, it was a bit more difficult. But, I don't know, I'd, I'd say the difficulty levels between, like, three houses and, and Awakening are pretty comparable. Some of you out there that out there that are way more familiar with like older Fire Emblem titles and stuff like may disagree with me, but they were both very good. And I have to give the best strategy oh, game oh, oh, oh. Oh. to oh. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> oh, yes!
0: Yes, tell us why.
1: It's just like everything I loved... About Fire Emblem Awakening is pretty much in three houses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Um, the one thing that is an Awakening that's not in three houses that I will say is that Fire Emblem Awakening, you're able to like recruit, you know, new members to your party. And some of those members are like really underpowered at the beginning, like super weak. So you have to really like hard carry them and like make like make it so that they get the final hit and the EXP to help them grow. But they're like stat growth is like ridiculous. So like they're super weak at the beginning. But it, it's but worth if it in the long run. if you invest in them, mm-hmm. they become the most OP units. I see. And if any of you have played that game, you know who I'm talking about. It's our boy Donald, the guy with the pan on his head. Um he was completely overpowered. He was so strong uh, by the end of the game. Like, I could have, like, destroyed, like, an entire map with just Donald. Don- not Donald. Donnell. D-O-N-N-E-L. Um. But that's really the only thing, you know. Doing that in Awakening was very gratifying. And you had to strategize. But Fire Emblem Three Houses, you have... Go ahead. Okay. Um... There are just so many darn characters, so many people you can recruit, so many different ways to go about something. Um, It's just a bigger experience and more strategy, I think, you know, especially when you, like, turn up the difficulty. So more options at your disposal. Nice.
0: I had a question, but I can't remember oh Oh. i remember i remember and let's be honest we know why three houses really won best strategy game it's all due to one eight letter word
1: miss edelgard oh of course she's the one she's the one yep
0: no that's awesome i (laughs) i'm gonna be honest i i had the thought that you would give it there but i was still you know like you know this this might be one that he but he pulls out and gives it to something else but i mean with how much you've talked about it, it definitely is is deserving of the award so very nice
2: best innovation games that push the medium forward through new approaches to the gaming industry i'll
1: go first on this one best innovation Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and horse, and Hand Grenades. Mm-hmm. Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as H3VR. That is a VR title. I'll explain that in a little bit. Elite Dangerous. And Skyrim VR. So, Hot, dog, hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. That game is basically a shooting sim. You hop into the game and, you know, it's a VR game, VR only game. And uh, the developer has created like pretty much every gun and actual real life existence into the game. And you can modify them. You can mess with them how you would in real life. Uh, you can do like target practice shooting. You can go out to like a virtual range in Arizona. It's absolutely beautiful. And really the main thing about it is that it is so immersive the way you interact with these guns, because what you'd be able to do with the real, you know, the same equivalent gun in real life, odds are you can do it in the game too. And the models are absolutely beautiful. And there's also this mode where There's like walking hot dogs And you know you go and Capture their posts And take them out and stuff And it's really fun Believe it or not it's it's a game still in beta I think actually uh, But it's fantastic And Elite Dangerous Space game I think I've talked about it before um, It's amazing and incredible because anywhere any planet star that has been discovered by nasa you can travel there and you will need to travel the exact amount of time that it would take in real life to travel there um if you go visit earth at a certain time you know of the year the solar system of earth will be in the exact position that it is in real life when you go there. It's, it's, um, it's so cool. It feels like a real world. It really feels like I'm traveling in space now Skyrim VR. This Skyrim VR title itself is not very innovative, innovative. What makes it innovative is the modding community. I have so many mods on that game. It's ridiculous. But it is what makes it so amazing. So for example, you know, in in the normal vanilla Skyrim VR game, I can't pick up items with my hand. I can point at them and click A and have it put into my inventory, but I can't, like, pick up a pot, you know, or bread or whatever. But with these mods, I can. I can sit down. I can call the waitress over, and she'll say... What would you like to order, sir? I'll pull up the menu, look through it on like an actual sheet of paper and say, Hmm, I think I want that pork stew. And then she'll say, okay. And then she'll go over there. She'll come over, bring my food, my drink. I can literally pick up the drink, drink it, eat it. It is so cool, man. It is so cool. And when I'm hitting enemies. I'm actually hitting them with a sword, right? When I shoot with the bow and arrow, I'm actually drawing it. It is, um, it's the mods that are innovative, not the game title itself. But this is a subjective list, so I'm gonna say that mods are fake fair game because anybody, um, you know, that's able to play Skyrim VR can get these mods on there, and it's, it's, it's incredible. The winner of best innovation, oh, innovation for me innovation 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 that excites is going to have to go to Elite Dangerous there it is there it is yeah there it is this was a really hard one for me to decide it was either between H3VR or Elite Dangerous and I've I've got to give give it to Elite Dangerous because you know I've got a soft spot for say, space stuff And um the the scale of the game, you know, that they would dare to recreate the entirety of the Milky Way and more of what's what's been discovered anyway, is uh it's totally something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's way cool. That's way cool. Wow. Your turn, Alex. Thank you my nominees for best innovation first pokemon legends arceus for innovating the pokemon franchise from what it was to something better after years of waiting they finally made a better version and it's fantastic i knew that would be on there it's fantastic my other nominee is xenoblade chronicles 3 because of just how in depth the game goes um I don't know how many other games have quite the same balance um, of mechanics in, in in Xenoblade, and as I've thought about it, it's low key a miracle that Xenoblade Chronicles Three functions. Like because I did some so research into just how complex the game's mechanics are. Mm-hmm. There are millions of different spots that bugs could have been put in, like the game shouldn't be able to run. Like there is so much that the system is processing simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's incredible that the game works. And I guess for, you know, games like world of Warcraft or other MMOs that have kind of a similar function. it's it's probably not too surprising, but I mean, Xenoblade's doing it on a switch. They are Xenoblade has to be squeezing the absolute most out of that. Yeah. Out of that console as it, possible.
1: It's so well optimized. I feel like, I mean, like especially I've, when you compare it with other games. Yeah, I've
0: put, I've put twenty hours in, and no frame rate issues, no lags. Like graphically, it's optimized well. And with how many different characters are attacking, how much different movement is going on on the screen at once, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly incredible um, what they've accomplished. Um, but despite that, my best innovation is going to Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> Again, because I mean,
1: (laughs) it's different, right?
0: It's like, imagine if you took a Zelda game and like changed, like still had the same core Zelda gameplay, but had a couple major changes where a lot of it is different, right? It's, it's kind of similar to the breath Breath of the the wild Wild for Pokemon. Uh huh. And not in the fact that it's open world or you can just go anywhere, because that's not really the case in in Legends Arceus. But it is different. And I, I, I felt a little weird giving it the award because Scarlet and Violet took such a step back from Arceus, from what I've heard. But I don't think there's any other game that... I mean, when you look at pokemon as a franchise and how profitable and successful it is taking such a chance and having it work out like that has to be praised and it is innovative and i hope that the nintendo looks at that innovation and you know has game freak apply it more or that game freak looks at it and applies it more either way more of legends arceus is what we need to take pokemon forward
1: I'd be willing to bet that there are listeners who disagree with that. Let us know I'm, your thoughts. I'm not only willing. Do willi- we need more of, more stuff from Arceus, R- R- however you say it?
0: I'm not only willing to bet that. Like, I'll, I'll take that bet right now. I'll bet $100 that someone who disagrees with me on that.
1: Of course, yeah. That's the beauty of opinions.
0: But I'm right. They're wrong. We need <laughs> more Arceus. Just kidding. You guys can, can want whatever you want.
2: And now, Best Soundtrack. Games that provide moving and inspiring music and sound that enhance the experience.
0: Soundtrack.
1: Sound design. (sighs) Sound design.
0: Sound is really, really important to me in games.
1: Yeah, you can completely destroy a game with poor sound design.
0: It... (laughs) You need it to be on point, yeah, think about Breath of the wild is Breath of the wild the same without the nature sounds and how minimalist the sound design is in that game? no, if it's like every other's other game where there's you know great music playing at all times, that vibe of really being alone and like in that stark nature it fades
1: totally agreed
0: and that's not saying that yep. that level of design needs to be applied to every game but you need to have your sound design match the game that you're working with it's yep. absolutely essential yep my nominees for best sound design of the year are eastward orion the blind forest and xenoblade chronicles 3 um Eastward, and, and oh, and here's the thing: each of these games has a very, very different way of going about sound design. Right. Eastward um, was a game that was developed by three people, and so naturally, their sound design is fairly limited. Mm-hmm. But they take it and they run with it. Um, it's very eight bitty, um, you know, very similar to Stardew Valley's type of music. Probably not as well composed as what was done in stardew valley Um, but a lot of different tracks that that add layers to to the game the game is very um emotional and and reaction based and the music um, relates to that and you know that the songs are, are catchy or you know the sound of john grunting as he's fighting enemies or the sound of of Sam getting hit by an enemy and giving out this little yelp of pain. Um, Gosh, it adds layers. It adds layers to the game yeah. in in incredible ways. Um, Ori and the Blind Forest had the budget to make an incredible soundtrack. And they it's took. It's very a,
1: apparent from the very beginning of the game. It
0: is. Yeah. And they took a bit of a gamble because they said, you know, we're going to have like one main theme that we're going to make like 20 different versions of. And that's going to be like 70% of the music that mm. players hear in the game. Mm-hmm. But that track happens to be masterly crafted and those variations are so well done that it completely changes the vibe depending on what they want. Mm. And so that's an achievement of itself where you have the same song but used so many different ways that it always feels fresh and new.
1: That You do need creativity to do that.
0: And Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has such good music. Oh my gosh. If you were yeah, to, to select this just off of tracks alone, I would have to go to Xenoblade. Like it's it's so cool. Um, the different types of music they have. I was I was playing Xenoblade a little bit last night, trying to prepare more for this episode. And I came across this area. Um, it was nighttime, and what they have is they have you know battle music and then th- area theme music as well. Um, but the area theme music changes with the time of day. Um, you know, That that's a pretty common thing in games, but they have that as well. And so I was in this area at night and it was a very, very beautiful piece of music that mm-hmm. was being played. And it was a reminder of just how good this soundtrack can be when it's firing on all cylinders. So this was one of the hardest awards for me to decide on. Um, I really didn't know which way to go because each of these deserve it in one way Um, each of those use sound design in different ways to to match their game and push the experience forward Mm -hmm. and so i'm going to give it to ori in the blind forest
1: i figured it would be either ori Hmm. or xenoblade Mm -hmm. how did you make that decision
0: Both of these games use music very, very well. Ori's music goes beyond just being music. Ori is a game that is so well crafted that all its different aspects add to each other. And so the way that Ori's music is used adds to the narrative. Um, You know, those variations come as... The scenery changes or as things happen to ori that that sort to of change your perspective on where the story's going mm-hmm. and so the sound goes beyond just having really good music to listen to while you're walking around or while you're fighting mm. but it adds a layer of depth that isn't used in xenoblade and so even though you know i already explained the differences between them but i think ori's sound design shows how sound can impact more than just what you're hearing in a game, but what you're feeling. And yeah. so I had to give it to Ori and the Blind Forest.
1: Very good. Well-deserved. For me, here are the nominees. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Wow.
0: I was not expecting that. I don't know why I didn't. Oh my god. I know. Goodness. I
1: know. Hear me out. Okay. Let me start with Star Wars: Jedi Fallen Order. Um. I feel like a thief because I managed to get that game absolutely for free on PC. And, um,. I should have paid a full 60 bucks for it.
0: <laughs> Cops are coming. I can hear them. The sirens are coming. Get out. Get out. Get out.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, you know, obviously the sound of the lightsaber, the ignition, the the music as you play throughout the game, you feel like you are in the Star Wars universe. And that, you know, that's critically important when you're talking about a Star Wars game because there is there are signature sounds that compose something that is star Uh wars uh you know what i'm talking about absolutely i think most of you do as well um and it is there and it's beautiful now elite dangerous is a little different it's less of music and more of pure sounds so the only times that i hear music play and Elite Dangerous are, you know, if I'm in combat, there'll be like a little... Music is very low-key in that game, and it's done purposely. Um, you know, there's a little bit of music sprinkled in to give you a little bit of excitement when you're traveling very quickly from, from one star to another, or a little bit of music might play as you're, you know, docking on a space station um, to kind of give you a, a sense of feeling that, you know, you've returned home. You can relax. You know, you're not in in outer space. Um, or music might play when you're approaching an alien spacecraft that is crashed and you've discovered it. You know, and you're going to explore it. Um, and all those things are very good. But what what's what really sets it apart from from others for me? or how it's different from the other nominees on this list are the just the sounds that you hear in everything throughout the game whether it's just taking off from a station mm. the sound of your your thrusters the sound of um the lasers that you shoot the missiles um the sound of alien ships or alien components, they make ominous, strange, almost scary sounds. You know, you're... Okay, let me back up a little bit. So let me leave it at that, right? It's it's absolutely beautifully crafted. Super Smash Brothers. There are two aspects to this game, why I decided to put it on this list. One is because it has the biggest song library of any game i can think of yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you can literally use your switch as like an ipod and just listen to the music yeah um and it has all those different music from every game you know but but that alone i don't think isn't enough to get it on this list because that's just well you just you know your phone could do the same thing just download all that music right um if you guys have played, I'm sure many of you have, the older Smash games before, you know, there's, there's always sound effects and noises that the characters make and the sounds you hear when certain hits land on certain characters. And Smash Ultimate, I just feel like, really turns that up. You know, when I get a spike, like a, a Meteor Smash, whatever you want to call it an ultimate i know it hit and it is so satisfying Mm -hmm. when you get a you know tipper with marth i know that that tipper hit and it is satisfying it does a great job of communicating to the player that you have just landed an effective hit and you are doing the right thing. And it is easy to disting- to distinguish the difference between a sweet spot hit and a sour spot hit. And, you know, not to mention the, when you land the final blow to the last stock of your opponent, right? And then it, and it makes that loud sound. And then, you know, the screen goes all red and then uh-huh, they get knocked out of the thing. ring. Yep. Uh, it's very good. Yes so
0: man this is a tough category what are you gonna go with what are you gonna go with
1: no doubt in my mind this is going to elite dangerous oh elite dangerous is the winner and alex one of these days i just need to have you sit next to me as i play this game for like 10 minutes because oh my gosh like (laughs) what I was saying earlier about how there's not a lot of music, right? It's to make you feel like you are actually in outer space. You are all alone. There's nothing else out there. If you use all of your fuel in the middle of nowhere, you better hop on discord and try to get somebody to come and bring you fuel. Like it's that kind of game and it, it's got that realism to it. Mm -hmm. And so, the very first time I remember, I found... I was just randomly scanning planets, you know, trying to find stuff. I found a planet with multiple alien crash sites. You know, these, like, unknown signal or whatever. I'm like, oh, what is that? I'm going to approach it. You know, I'm in my ship. I... I, um... You know, I, I orbit around the, the planet, and I'm getting closer to it, and I'm slowing down... I exit what what we call super cruise. Um, so now I'm going at, like, you know, airplane speeds, basically, right? And I'm slowly approaching it. I'm getting close to the surface. And I see this ship, this alien ship that's crash-landed, you know. At, from far away, it's hard to tell, like, how big it is. But as I get closer and closer and closer to it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realize mm-hmm. how huge it is. And a slight little bit of like ominous music starts playing in the back as I approach it, you know, and I land my spacecraft and I exit in a little doom buggy thing so I can collect materials. And I'm approaching it slowly and slowly because I was like, I don't know if there's anything living in there. I don't know what I'm going to find. I have no idea. And I hear this really scary sound. I can't describe what it is it's like a, a wavy boomy sound. And it freaks me out. Like I literally get scared. I'm like, what was that? So I immediately get back to the ship and I'm like looking at it from far away. I was like, is anything gonna come out? Nothing comes out. And then I realize that the sound emanates from a certain component that's on the ground at certain intervals. And so I scan that object And it's like an alien scanner thing so it's a component of the ship that has been you know torn off that probably broke off well when it crashed that is just constantly always scanning for things Mm -hmm. and it was the sound of that scan that i was hearing so nothing alive was there and i was able to pick up that component um and you know use it for materials and whatnot but It's that experience that it gives you. Like the sound design is so good. It is so convincing to my ears that it makes me feel like, like I'm actually doing what I'm doing in the game. Mm -hmm. I've never experienced anything like that in any other game. So that's it for me.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible.
2: And next, best art style. Games with with stunning visuals and set pieces.
1: Okay, best R-Style. Let me start us off. One, Breath of the Wild. Two, Elite Dangerous. Three, Genshin Impact. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, Breath of the Wild, I think we all know, beautiful Mm R-Style. Somehow manages to run the way it does on a switch mm-hmm. Elite Dangerous is completely on the other side of the spectrum where everything looks photorealistic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a certain beauty that comes with that Genshin Impact in terms of our style is Breath of the Wild plus anime Mm-hmm. And I resented it for it at first. But the more I played it, the more I kinda liked it and it kinda works. But. Oh no, what is it? Oh man, oh man, here it comes. I've got to give this one to Breath of the Wild. I thought, ooh, I was wrong.
0: I was wrong. I didn't think What did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to go with Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I thought about that. It's a close tie. Mm -hmm. But um, it doesn't take a lot to just make things photorealistic. I think it takes more to create an art design that is both Mm -hmm. um, pleasing to look at, right? Like, it looks really good. It runs really well, and it manages to do all of that on a Switch, you know? I don't have to run it on my PC with my 3080 to make it look good. And Genshin Impact, I see that as just a derivative art style of, of Breath of the Wild, so I really can't give the winner to that one. I think that's enough said. Honestly, I mean everybody knows Breath of the Wild yeah. looks good. Yeah. And there you go. It's great.
0: There you go. Nice. As for myself, I only have two nominees on this one. I have Ori in the Blind Forest and Eastward. Like, very, very different art styles. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest has this kind of um, watercolor or brush painting type beat. Um, you know, very, very fluid. Uh, very bright colors, you know, very pastel Um It's beautiful. It's a beautiful game to look at.
1: Yeah, I've seen it. Um,
0: and Eastward um, is the opposite. Uh, very pixely, very 8-bit style, and it's intentional. Um, they, they layer that into just about everything. And despite that, they create some beautiful scenery. Um, I recently just left a city that game um that is very very well designed um and it really is very strategically um you know drawn out as a city and so um the reason the eastward gets this nomination um, is not because it's the most stunning thing to look at but because they take what they have and they use that art style um, to to create a world that fits the vibe that the story and the gameplay tells. Mm-hmm. And this one was, was also pretty hard because they're they're very, very hard to compare to each other. Mm-hmm. But I did give the award to Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah. Um, yep. Again, similar to, to why it wins for best sound design is that the art style um, not only goes along with what the game is doing like it does in Eastward, it helps to tell the story you mm-hmm. go into an area it's dark it's bleak and as Ori goes through her journey and progresses and helps the forest heal itself the art style reflects that and it goes from this very dark and broody section to revealing just how beautiful it is right and it's a theme throughout the story is that things look dark and dreary and sad and broken they can be healed and the art style directly reflects that by showing how Ori gives off her light to others and mm-hmm. so the art style again isn't limited to just being something pretty to look at but has a deeper meaning behind it and adds to the quality of the game to where yeah. you know I'll mention um, something later in in the podcast about this um but it isn't it isn't limiting it isn't just a factor it is part of the whole game And it definitely deserves it because it's still beautiful to look at, you know, seven years later. Wonderful. And ladies and gentlemen, we are actually going to wrap up this episode here. Do not worry. We still have five more categories to go. And part two is coming soon. Part two is going to release a couple days after this episode. We really hope that you've enjoyed our Game of the Year award show so far. And we're really excited to continue on listen to it send us your thoughts what are your winners for these different categories for the year
1: stand tuned for the last half of our herschel game of the year awards and you can reach out to us and let us know your thoughts by at twitter at herschel podcast that is h-o-e-c-h-e-r-l podcast or email at podcast at gmail.com you can find these in the description of this episode
0: and we would like to thank Jonah for sending an email and we're not going to read it here but we appreciate his thoughts and his comments he gave us some good advice and some pointers on things about our podcast that he likes and we hope to continue doing those and we hope to start to implement some of the changes that he suggested as soon as we are able to so thank you again go ahead tell your friends about us leave us 5 star reviews and get ready because next episode is going to knock your socks off because we have a lot of good content coming to you from our game of the year award show
1: yes sir stay tuned we love y'all thanks for your support see you soon